So I posted a question a couple weeks ago uh, on, on Facebook online. I posted it again this morning on our church Facebook page. And the question was this, what is the greatest financial advice that you have ever received? What is the greatest financial advice that you have ever received? So start letting that, that question stew in your mind, because here in a minute I'm going to ask a few of you to yell out some of the greatest financial advice that you've ever received, and uh, maybe it would be beneficial to us, and maybe it would just change the trajectory of this entire message this morning and the series. As you're thinking about some of the greatest financial advice you've ever received, I'm going to read some financial advice that's given from a gentleman named Dave Ramsey. How many of you have heard of Dave Ramsey? Okay, he's a, a Christian author, radio host, uh, and um, has the, the Dave Ramsey show, which, I mean, who else could have the Dave Ramsey show? Also put together something uh, that the many, many churches have, have gone through, Financial Peace University. And uh, anyway, here's some of the advice that he gives to people as far as financial advice. Save $1,000 to start an emergency fund. It's good advice. Pay off all debt with the exception of your house payment. So he says, quickly pay off all your debt. <clears throat> Set aside three to six months of expenses in a savings account. Invest 15% of your household income in a retirement account. That sounds pretty good if you're able to do it, doesn't it? And what, what he's saying in, in, as he goes through some of this stuff, he's saying, hey, if you follow some of this advice, you're going to be able to invest 15%. That sounds pretty good. Um, save funds for the future. That is children and, and, and college, uh, college uh, uh, savings accounts. For a new car, he says, save it up in advance so that you don't have to take out a loan later on. It says pay off your home as early as possible. If you're able to pay off your mortgage, do it quickly. And then, finally, one thing I had to include here, build your wealth and give to the church or a charity that you trust. I think that's all pretty sound advice. Maybe you wouldn't put it in the, the greatest financial advice category, but uh, I, th I think it would go up there for many of uh, so, I ask this question again. I'm going to have a couple of you yell it out. You have to participate now. What is the greatest financial advice that you've ever received? Somebody yell something out. Pray about your needs and pray about your wants. I like it. Anybody else? Somebody said something. Okay. What did you say, Joe? Yes, that's good. Anybody else? If you don't have the, the cash on hand, the money to buy it, you can't afford it. Okay? Anybody else? This, give to God first. Yeah, that's, that's very early in the Bible, isn't it? Give to God first. That's right, that's good. Give God your, your, your first fruit, your very best. Anybody else? This is all we're going to do for the next 40 minutes. Mike? If We talked about that in our house just, uh, just this last week. If you want to eat, 
you have to get a job. If a man does not work, he does not eat. Anyone else? Last one. He can take care of you. That's right. So we've got, a, we've got a tithe because God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything. Um, so he can take care of you. Um, it's good. That's good advice. Now, I'd say this. We get a lot of advice. If, if you go out on a street corner with a sign that says, somebody give me advice, somebody give me financial advice, you're going to get a lot of advice. Some of it good, some of it bad. Some of it horrible or terrible, some of it wonderful advice. Advice that you're going to want to follow for years and years to come. We get a lot of advice, some good, some bad, some great, some terrible. And typically we put it into one of those categories. Great, good, bad, and terrible. Sometimes we categorize the advice in our head and we do it very, very quickly. Even some of the advice that you're hearing that you've heard shared this morning, some of us categorized it real quick and say, no, that's terrible advice, right? Some of us put that in our minds and we said, you know what, I, I need to do that. That sounds good. Whatever you might categorize some of, the some of this advice, most financial advisors would read some of the financial advice that Jesus gave and immediately they would categorize it as terrible advice. And most of us would as well. I mean, imagine walking into Edward Jones. You know where Edward Jones is here in town, right? Imagine walking in there with your life savings and you sit down across the desk is the, the greatest financial advisor in our community. And he, he hears how much wealth that you want to invest, all of your financial plans and goals for the future, all of these things that you need to provide for, people that you need to provide for, things that you'd like to, to do in the future and buy in the future. Now imagine this Edward Jones financial advisor looking you square in the face and telling you if you want to be rich, Go sell all your possessions and give all the money to the poor. Then you're going to be rich. Then you're going to be wealthy. Or imagine him saying, hey, listen, here's what I would tell you. Give to anybody who asks. If somebody asks you for $5, give it to them. Somebody asks you for your shoes, give them your shoes. Why not just take off your coat, give that to them as well. Somebody comes up to your door, they ask for your house. You give him your house. I mean, that's what Jesus said. Give to anyone who asks. And if somebody steals something from you, don't ask for it back. Just let them have it. Sounds great, doesn't it? See, this is the advice that Jesus gives his followers. And if we got that advice from any financial advisor, we would get up with all of our money, all of our savings, and we'd say, you are crazy and we would not return. Am I right? See, this is terrible financial advice. And most of us would not seek out someone like Jesus to give us financial advice. I mean, think about this. Jesus was born into a poor family. All right. 
He was born in poverty. He worked a common job for 30 years. He spent three years in ministry. He was flat broke. He was homeless, often hungry. He couldn't even pay his own taxes. I mean, if, if we know someone in our community right now who's hungry, homeless, broke, can't afford anything, we're not going to seek them out and say, you know what, I, I've got a, I've, I know of a financial genius, I need to go talk to that, that gentleman on the street corner. Most of us wouldn't seek out Jesus. See, but when we follow Jesus, we begin to unpack the very things that Jesus said about wealth, what he said about finances, many of us struggle. Am I right? We struggle to comprehend. We struggle to, to rationalize. Why would Jesus say that? I mean, just a few minutes ago, I saw your faces when I said, somebody comes to your house and asks for your house, you give it to them. No, no, surely Jesus didn't mean that. We struggle to rationalize what Jesus meant by what he said. And we struggle to follow Jesus' terrible financial advice because that's just what it is. It's terrible on the surface. But there's an important truth that we must remember. If you are a Christian, that means that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have committed your life to Him, you said, you know what, I'm going to serve you not only because you have forgiven me of my sins and paid the sin debt that I owe, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, because I believe you have my best interest in mind. And Jesus, I believe that if I gave everything away, that you are truly going to take care of me because you own it all. I think a few years back, I used a line from, uh, from Andy Stanley that said, our money is like monopoly money before the Lord. I mean, I, we, we can throw it all out, but at some point, this money, even the money that I just gave to our children this morning, is not going to be worth a, a, a penny. It's not going to be worth anything. The, money, the, the, the paper that it's written on some day. And yet we still struggle as followers of Jesus Christ to follow his financial advice. But here's the reality. When Jesus gave this financial advice throughout the Gospels, when we read about him speaking these things to his followers, here's the, the, the thing we must know. Jesus meant for his advice to be terrible. He meant for his advice to be terrible. Terrible is defined as strongly repulsive, but also very shocking and upsetting, intimidating in nature. The root word is terror. So Jesus, what I'm saying to you this morning, if you believe what I'm saying, is this, Jesus meant to strike terror into the hearts of his followers when he talked about money. And I believe that the reason Jesus sought to, to strike terror into our hearts when he talked about money was so that it would reveal to us how much value we place on money versus how much value we place in following Jesus Christ. But Jesus, if it means that I have to turn over all of my wealth to you, I've been working on that for many, many years. I could not even imagine being without my wealth. I could not imagine giving my car up. I could not imagine turning my home over. And if, it, if, if following you means that I need to do all of that, then count me out. 
See, and that's where so many people are. And that's why I say Jesus meant to strike terror into the hearts of anyone that was coming after Him because He wanted to make sure that our top priority was Jesus Christ. Amen? Terrible. If we compare Jesus' financial advice to that of a financial advisor, anyone who teaches business school... They'd say, that's, that's, that's terrible advice. So what are we missing? What are we missing? The word is purpose. Purpose. I'll say this again. Jesus gave... Jesus' financial advice was on purpose. You ever meet those people who just speak... And it's not, it doesn't have any purpose to it. They just, they just say something, and then about a day later, they want to take it back. You ever meet anybody like that? Some of you are laughing. You're, you're thinking of people just like that. See, Jesus wasn't that way. He didn't just let his tongue fly and then say, you know what, I probably shouldn't have said that. Kind of like the way I am almost every Sunday when I walk out of the sanctuary and say, you know, I probably shouldn't have said that. Jesus never did that. He was the, 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 the perfect fullness of grace and fullness of truth. Jesus was always fully truthful, always fully graceful. So Jesus' words have great value, and we should place great value on those. But Jesus' financial advice was on purpose, with purpose. Let me say that again. Jesus' financial advice was terrible, on purpose, with a kingdom purpose. Jesus came to the earth for one main purpose, to glorify His Father in heaven. That was it. Not to make me wealthy, not to make you wealthy, not to make us comfortable. He didn't say, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will make you completely comfortable in this world around you. I will allow you to to afford anything that your heart desires. No. Jesus said, come, follow me. Take up your cross and die daily. Jesus came to this earth for one purpose, to glorify His Father, to restore a true picture of who God is, to the praise and to the glory of God Almighty. And to see this, we simply have to read one of Jesus' final prayers. Turn to John chapter 17. We're going to look at this prayer just for a minute. Read this prayer this morning. John chapter 17, verse 2 through 4. This is one of Jesus' final prayers. He's getting ready to be arrested. He, he knows that he's going to be condemned to death, and the following day he's going to be nailed to a Roman cross and give his life for all of mankind. And yet this is the prayer that he lifts up to his Father in heaven. John chapter 17, verse 2. Father, glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life that you know that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Now some of you are saying, well, 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 well Pastor, that didn't have anything to do with finances. No, I think it has everything to do with finances. Uh, and this is the, the, the basis. This is the foundation for what we're going to leap off of in the coming weeks. 
That Jesus came for one purpose. And anything outside of that purpose, He didn't even mess with. His only purpose was to glorify His Father in heaven, to point other people to God Almighty. He says, that's why I was sent. I've done my very best to do that. All that I have done has pointed to You, God. So I want to bring glory to Your name by finishing the work that You gave me to do. Everything He did, everything that He said was was done and said to show us His Father. We come to Him with our our sickness. We come to Him with our weakness and our sinfulness. We come to Him with our burdens and our problems. And He meets us right where we are. He meets our needs and he, He feels our pain. And then He redirects us to what we really need. I prayed this morning, God, if it is Your will, bring healing. And I pray that so often. God, bring a miraculous healing. But if You bring a miraculous healing, do so in a way that only You can gain the glory. Not, not, a, not a doctor. Not, not something that we would say, well, you know what? Time healed me. But something so miraculous, a touch of God that is so miraculous that we cannot deny that was something beyond human doing. That was something that only my God could do. But God, if it's not Your will that You would bring a miraculous healing, as we walk through this very dark and very difficult path, whatever it might be, give us the the wisdom, give us the discernment to know what it is you're trying, to, you're trying to lead us to. What it is you're trying to point us to. I don't know how many times these last two weeks especially I've said to, to various individuals, could it be could it be that God has a greater purpose than that? Could it be that you're struggling with this over here and you're giving so much attention over here but God wants to lead you over here? Could it be that God has struck you with, with or allowed you, whatever your, your faith is, to have this illness or this, this disease so that it brings you closer and closer into relationship with Him? Could it be that, that, that God has, has allowed you or caused you to lose your job to free up your schedule so that you would spend more time intimately talking with Him? Could it be that, that your world feels like it's in turmoil right now so that you would have to and have that desire, that great hunger to, to draw close to Jesus and to know that only He can be your source of comfort and security? Could it be that God has a greater purpose. And, of course, I ask that rhetorically. The answer is, yes, God always has a greater purpose than what you can see and what I can see. God always has a greater purpose. And that greater purpose begins and ends with God Almighty. That, that greater purpose begins and ends with us in eternal glory with our Father who created us and who knew us before we took our first breath here in this, on this earth. Could it be? Yes, of course God has a greater purpose. 
So I come back to this and say, everything, everything Jesus said, everything Jesus did was to point us to God Almighty, including any financial advice that he gave to his followers. So my challenge is, as we begin this together, if you join us in the, the coming weeks, if you weren't too turned off by me saying that Jesus gave some very terrible advice, you're going to hear us talk about Jesus' terrible financial advice and really dive into some of the advice that Jesus gave. And I believe that if, as we read it together and as we unpack what He truly meant, we're going to come to know God in a greater way and our hearts are going to be directed deeper and deeper into relationship with Him as He opens our eyes to see the world the way He sees it. As He opens our minds to understand His kingdom principles more so than our worldly principles. And that is... Achieve as much wealth as you can. Hoard it to yourself. Hold on to it because you never know if somebody's going to come and try to steal it away. We never find that in the scripture. I believe God's going to open our hearts so that we might live in obedience to his ways. That he would open our lives to live and to give as he has given to us. These next few weeks, we're going to be challenged with Jesus' terrible financial advice going far beyond giving getting and giving to every area of living and my prayer is that God would increase our faith not our wealth that he wouldn't my, my I haven't prayed once that God would help us become more comfortable in our wealth even our church that he would not help us to become more comfortable in our budget that's scary for a few people but instead, my prayer is that God would just keep our eyes focused on Him and fixed on Him and that, 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 that we would come to know Him greater and to know His purpose for us. And I believe that as God increases our faith in the coming weeks, that we will see how God can and will do immeasurably more, miraculously more than anything we could hope, dream, or imagine. So this morning, as we close, I just want to ask, what would you do with Jesus' financial advice? What, would, what will we do with Jesus' financial advice? I'm going to ask you to do just a few things these next, this next week. The first is to pray for wisdom and discernment. First and foremost, to pray for wisdom and discernment. As we go into these, these next few weeks, see, the, the interesting thing is that Jesus talked about money more than anything else in his ministry. That's, that's, so, that's so interesting. Because he knew that money had such a grasp on our hearts. And that would have such a grasp on our hearts. Not, not just our, our dollars and cents, but wealth and achieving wealth, achieving a comfortable standard of living. So Jesus talked about money more than anything else. So my first invitation to you this next week is to pray for wisdom and discernment from God. 
And then I would encourage you this next week, whether if you're, if you're married, then just sit down and do this by yourself. Or if you're not married, rather, sit down and do this by yourself. If you are married, sit down and do this with your spouse. Even sit down and do this with your, with your family. Lay your wealth, your debt, and your giving before God together. Thirdly, I'd encourage you to commit to following God's financial plan for your life. We're going to talk about many, many things that Jesus said these next few weeks. The interesting thing is we talk about give to anybody who asks. We talk about Jesus saying go sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. Then you'll be rich. Then you'll have eternal life. Just a a little little side note there. Jesus didn't say this to the masses. Jesus said this to individuals. So as I say to you today and encourage you this next week, commit commit to God's financial plan for your life. Your, Your financial plan from God, your family's financial plan from God might look a little different than what God lays on our hearts. The level of giving that God calls you to above the tithe might look different than what God calls our family to give above the tithe. Commit to following God's financial plan for your life. And then fourth, pray again. Pray for guidance and pray for strength. Because I can say this, as we, as we walk through these next few weeks, and if you truly do commit to following God's financial plan for your life, it's going to make some of you uncomfortable. It's going to pull you out of your comfort zone. You're going to say, oh, I've, I've never given that much to the church or I've, 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 never, I've never lived my life in such a way that, that I'm, I'm willing to give to, to someone who asks or something's going to come across your desk or across your email and you're going to, uh, you're going to have this, this feeling, you know what, I need to talk to my spouse about this because I really think we, we need to be serving in this way or we need to be giving in this way. It's going to pull us out of our comfort zone if we truly do commit to following God's financial plan for our life. And so the fourth thing I encourage you to do is to pray for guidance and strength from God. As we close this morning, before I pray, I'm just going to invite us all just to, to, to bow our heads right where we are. God, we've talked about finances this morning, something that's uncomfortable for, for, for many. God, you do not ask us to give to you so that you would get rich. You do not ask us to give to the church so the church, Lord, would become wealthy or any individuals, Lord, within the church would become wealthy. Instead, Jesus, you call us to give out of the abundance, out of the faithfulness, Jesus, that you have given to us. Give us discernment. Give us wisdom, Jesus, as we enter into this season together as a church. Holy Spirit, I invite you now to come to move in hearts, to move in minds, to move in lives, Jesus. To bring spouses together, Lord, in unity as they they individually consider their wealth, their giving, their finances, their debt, Jesus. Bring them into unity so that later this week, Jesus, as they discuss it, that you would be right in the center of that conversation. Father God, I pray... that your Holy Spirit right now would move.
And Jesus, as we commit to following God's financial plan for our life, your call, give us a kingdom-mindedness about us to focus, Lord Jesus, more than ever before on your kingdom and your kingdom purposes. As we walk into this season together, Jesus, over these next few weeks, I pray that you would open our eyes, open our ears, Lord Jesus, to see and to hear your kingdom principles more than we would see or hear our own desires, our own wants, the worldly principles that surround us, Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give us strength, give us guidance, give us encouragement as we seek to follow your plan for our life. And we give you thanks in your mighty name, dear Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand.